0: Defenders, welcome to episode 126. It's a celebration from the most LAFC podcast on earth. This is Defenders of the Bank, and you know my voice. I am the mouth of the South Bay, the scarf, J.R. Liebert, coming to you almost live from beautiful Rancho Cucamonga, California. That's right, we are at Rowdy's Bruco on 6th Street here. A big thank you to our friends at Rowdy's for hosting us. And, of course, the Ontario Fury. More on that in a moment. But sitting across the table, past the salt, his name is Christian Philly Philemon. He, of course, is the beast
1: from the East Coast. Yo, 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 Defenders, what's going on? Yes, we are in Rancho Cucamonga at Rowdy's. Scarve and I have been sampling some of their unbelievable beers. I am sipping right now on a beer called... Bison Swing, a Belgian golden strong ale, smooth, fruity, and effervescent. It's good stuff, and it's got 9.2% alcohol. So we're having a good time drinking in a brewery scarf. It's fun to be outside of the uh, the LA city limits. Just like
0: Philly himself, smooth, fruity, and
1: effervescent. I am drinking a Belgian triple right
0: now, enjoying it very, very much. It's been really fun, actually, to be out here at Rowdy's. We watched the, the match outside on their patio. It was a beautiful, breezy day down here in Rancho Cucamonga. Not sure where John Champion got that. It was 90 degrees at Bank of California Stadium earlier, but it was a calm and crisp 68 degrees here in Rancho Cucamonga. And again, a huge thank you to Rowdy's Bruco and the Ontario Fury who hosted us out here. We got to hang out with Nestor Hernandez for a little
1: bit. Philly, what award did Nestor Hernandez win one more time for us? The 2019-2020 Ironman Player of the Year Scarf. We got to see him play on multiple occasions. Shout out to our buddy Bruce for bringing us out to Ontario. Couldn't be a nicer human being. It was so nice having Nestor. We may have him on the pod later on in the season. Well, the end of this season, meaning the end of LAFC, we'll obviously look to come up with some new episodes when the season is over after the black and gold hoist that MLS Cup. But before we get into things, Scarf, just wanted to acknowledge the passing of a very, very big voice in the soccer podcast community. Daryl Grove, who had the show Total Soccer Show, it was created, wow, I mean, several years ago, and sadly, he passed away from colon cancer in his 40s. The guy was in his 40s, and again, he's paved the way for so many of us soccer podcasters. He's been doing this for for much longer than Scarf and I had, and he's, he's got other people that he set up, I mean, soccer cooligans, our buddies out in New York, they were brought on by these guys, and... You know, we didn't know Daryl personally, but after having listened to Total Soccer Show for as long as we have, we really feel like we got to know him, and it's just such a sad, sad story to hear of such a young man dying from something as awful as as cancer, and I just wanted to give a shout-out, and hello and welcome to Defenders. Just a little shout-out to Daryl Grove, and I just wanted to have a quick moment of silence for Daryl Grove. So if you didn't hear that silence, it's because we are in a brewery. But, yes, once again, rest in peace, Daryl Grove. Uh, Thoughts and prayers to him and his family and, of course, to Total Soccer Show. Yeah, 40
0: years old. He started the Total Soccer Show podcast 2009, and it's just incredible for the last 11 years getting to do what he wanted to do. Broadcasting the Total Soccer Show recently becoming a member, I believe Philly of the Athletic, right? They yeah, were... you
1: go on the Athletic, you'll find Total Soccer Show.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a sad, sad story: colon cancer, man. We are a family-friendly podcaster else I would tell you exactly how I feel about cancer. But again, a guy who just paved the way for so many soccer podcasters out there, Daryl Grove, passed away at just 40 years old. Philly, usually we start out the episode, two after we introduce ourselves to listeners with some, some beginning banter, and obviously today's a little bit different, but since it's Derby Day, and, and these episodes really are the most popular that we do throughout the entire season, I, I wanted to take a second to highlight something that I think is pretty special about our club, specifically the boys in black and gold who take the pitch and represent our city every single match. I want to highlight their youth, Philly. I wanna highlight their youth because this past week, MLS came out with their list of the top 22 players under 22 years old. And, you know, there have certainly been some incredible stories come out of, coming out of Major League Soccer this year with teenagers really making their mark in this league. We've talked about Brendan Aronson's recent signing with Red Bull Salzburg, the then 16-year-old Cade Cowell, both scoring for San Jose and potentially taking the torch from the legend Chris Wondolowski, a 17-year-old Caden Clark scoring the game winner for the New Jersey Energy Drinks just hours after signing his first team contract, and of course... Our biggest story here in black and gold, the goal by Christian Torres, stealing a point from Portland on the road with his stoppage time equalizer. MLS is fast becoming much more than just a retirement league for megastars of football's past. It's now seen as the proving ground for football's future, and I was really looking forward to the annual list of 22 under 22 because our current roster has an incredible 11 players eligible for the list. Heck, Philly, we have six teenagers on the roster, including three 16-year-olds, of course, Christian Torres, Eric Duenas, and Tony Leone, 18-year-old Mohamed Traore, and a pair of 19-year-olds, Bryce Duke and Mahala Opoku. Of course, third-string keeper Philip Ejumadu is still just 21 years old. But Philly, what really struck me was how many meaningful minutes we ask a 20-year-old and a trio of 21-year-olds to play for this club 20-year-old brian rodriguez and 21-year-old jose c fuentes Pancho ginella and Chiki palacios have been asked to step up huge and in huge ways for this club and i was blown away that just one of them brian rodriguez made mls's 22 under 22. last year's number four was a then 19-year-old brian rodriguez he climbs up to number two on the list Just behind the aforementioned Brendan Aronson at Philadelphia. Don't forget that Raito was number four on a list. It also included Diego Rossi at number one last year. But now Rossi Philly is an old man like (laughs) you and me. He turned 22, so he's no longer eligible for the list. For my money, Philly, I would have loved to see Jose C. Fuentes on that list as we've seen his play become a revelation for the black and gold this season. Philly, what do you think
1: about Jose C. Fuentes' top 22 player
0: under 22 in Major League Soccer?
1: Dude, I have no doubts. The kid's got so much pizzazz to his game. He doesn't play with any kind of fear. He's not tentative. He's not afraid to take shots outside of the box. I have no doubts in my mind that Jose C. Fuentes is going to make this list. We have so many unbelievable players that are so young on this list. And I'm glad you mentioned the Retirement League comment because I can still remember years ago watching the Hudson River Derby in New York when the energy drinks took on NYCFC. And you had the pictures of Pirlo and Lampard looking like looking like <laughs> Santa Claus.
0: Do not besmirch Andrea Pirlo on this podcast. Sir. Hey man,
1: no no Pirlo, no party. I can totally get that. But yeah, we are not that Retirement League that everybody keeps making fun of. We're finding, producing, and in this case, selling off some unbelievable talent internationally. You saw off. Alphonso Davies, we saw Miguel Almiron earlier today when they took on Wolverhampton, that Newcastle, that is. There's a lot of really good things. Brendan Aronson, obviously, he's going that way. This league is, is going to start to make some marks. While we might see some of these old players come through and retire, I think down the road when Scarf, we're at episode 675, <laughs> <laughs> we or, or 6,075, oh, we, we may not be that retirement league anymore.
0: No, Philly, you're absolutely right. I do want to mention one other thing. A great article on MajorLeagueSoccer.com about teams using players under 22 years old Only one team in Major League Soccer this season has used nine players under the age of 22, and only one team has 24% of their minutes played by players under the age of 22, and that, of course, is the black and gold still battling for a top spot in the Western Conference. It's incredible what we've asked these young kids to do. And look, I felt like we could take a couple of extra minutes, Philly, to highlight this. One, because it's so incredibly important, But number two, we have what I think is the shortest this day in LAFC history in our 126 episodes that we've done. Just one date, and of course, we're recording this on Sunday, October 25th, just about an hour after the match ended against Carson, and on 10-26-2018... It was the opening of free play above the <laughs> fields at Bank of California opened by Chef Tim Hollingsworth. It remains to be seen whether or not free play will open up back again next time we're at Bank of California Stadium. Both you and I, Philly, have enjoyed plenty of post-match Julius Peppers up at free play. But that is it for this day in LAFC history. Philly, we've got some news and notes that we're going to talk about before we get to the recap of the beatdown against Carson.
1: Before we do get into that, scarf, just wanted to give a couple quick shout-outs. AB Teamwear being one of the shout-outs we want to give. If you have a dream kit concept, they can make it a reality. Make sure you check out AB Teamwear. There we're good friends of theirs. They've created a Defenders of the Bank jersey and an Angel City Chicks jersey for the girls, for Panda and for Nina. So take a look. Follow them, AB Teamware. And also just wanted to give a shout-out to Athletes in the Making. If you haven't done so, please, there are only a couple more days left, sign up for that virtual 5K. $30 gets you a medal, it gets you a pin, puts you in a contest to win a $100 gift certificate. And if you go to Galagetza, show your medal, two-for-one micheladas. So, yeah, make sure you sign up for that. You have until October 31st to do so. Help Athletes in the Making help the youth of America when it comes to sports. So that's just a quick bit of shout out that we wanted to give. Yeah, we got some notes, Scarf. We got some news and notes. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is that supporter shield. If you listen to us via Instagram TV or the previous podcast, there was talk that the supporter shield would not be honored in this crazy, crazy COVID season. However, that seems to have changed. In a reversal of the previous decision, the Independent Supporters Council and the Supporters Shield Foundation announced that the Supporters Shield will, I quote, will be awarded for the 2020 season and now, we didn't get to parade it around much, which kind of sucks for us. And there's no doubt at this point that the supporters' shield scarf will go to a team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. The question is, will it end up in Philadelphia or will it end up in Canada with Toronto? But after the shebang bang that Philadelphia put on Toronto, 5-0 the other day, um, I'm thinking that the supporters' shield might leave L.A. to go to the city of brotherly love, dude.
0: Yeah, Brendan Aronson trying to leave his mark before he heads over to Red Bull Salzburg. Look, personally, I, I completely agree with them awarding the shield this season, but I'm also really upset for the 3252, for our LAFC fans, and for our club in general. Not because we're losing the shield. Look, Philly, we know our play this season has not warranted us keeping the shield, all due respect. And that's a huge bummer, but what I'm upset about is the fact that LAFC didn't have much of a chance to celebrate the shield. We had those two home matches against Miami and Philadelphia where the shield was there on Christmas tree lane. We got to take pictures. We got to revel in it for just a little bit, but that's that. That's all we've been able to enjoy the shield for, and I know that this is first world problems. We didn't get to enjoy the shield, but being perfectly honest, that's part of why you win the shield. You get to celebrate with it for the entire next season. I'm really bummed. This should be a huge disappointment to the LAFC community. It definitely is one for us here at Defenders of the Bank. Our last little bit of news and notes before we get into the recap. I just want to give a quick congratulations to one of our favorite former players, if for no other reason than I get to use his fantastic nickname once again. You're
1: obsessed, Scar.
0: I love three umlauts. Nico Hamalainen. He signed a contract with Queens Park Rangers of the English Championship League through 2024 and Philly. I know you and I are both going to be looking forward to his matches in the English second tier next year against Ted Lasso and AFC Richmond. Football as they is were, life! I can't wait. Danny Rojas against Nico Hamalainen. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun to watch that matchup. For those of you guys that aren't watching Ted Lasso, do yourself a favor. Find someone else who has Apple TV. Hop onto their account pirate their password, whatever you need to do, and make sure you guys are watching whoa, Ted whoa, Lasso. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: We're not condoning the use of illegal streaming now, are we, Scarf? Listen,
0: I actually have Apple TV. I pay for it. Actually, I don't pay for it. My school got it for me for free because we got a new laptop for this year. I'll probably be paying for Apple TV after my year is up. So if anybody needs my password or whatever, just let me know. and Yo, I'll, I'll trade you. you. YouTube TV
1: for Apple TV. I, I feel don't know if like, I'm actually making the good I was going to say, I bargain. feel like
0: I'm getting the huge end of that deal. YouTube TV is a whole, like $65 a month. All right,
1: all right. That's not a fair trade then. So give, right. me, give me more of your passwords for other things. Maybe your <laughs> bank account and your mother's maiden name. I would appreciate that. And possibly the last four years' social security number. Although very, I do have that because we have a bank account together. Very, <laughs> proud of,
0: very proud of my mother's maiden name, Agro. We have our own city in Italy. It's like Mafia Run or something oh, like that. Oh, way to go. That being said, the previous history Ugh. between these two teams, I'm not so sure. Guys, did you know it's Derby Day today? Oh, my God, it's Derby Day today. Day. I love Derby Day. Philly, you and I don't get any more excited throughout the entire season than for Derby Day, even if it's our fourth Derby Day of the season. You're absolutely right. Who cares? This marks the fourth match this season between Carson and LAFC. And of course, we took the first one 6-2 in the COVID Cup, but Carson... Ugh, they've taken the last two from us, 3 nothing and 2 nothing. two matches that everybody in black and gold would like to forget. But luckily, Philly, the end of this match would prove to be just that, that thing that helps us forget those previous two matches. Coming into this match, LAFC had won three of their previous five. But before beating Vancouver with a 90-minute goal by Kai Kereniuk, I'm not so sure that Galaxy fans knew who he was unless you studied the G2 rosters the last couple of seasons. Carson had dropped their previous six, and Philly, we were looking to help them start a new losing streak.
1: No doubt. You did say that this was our fourth matchup with them. Fourth matchup in 20 games, that's 20% of our schedule. And although many will argue the amount of times we have played each other was overkill, what chance did we really have? What choice do we really have? We live in a crazy environment where we have to stay geographically close to each other. I mean, as far as Carson is away from L.A., it's still a lot closer than New England. Now, (laughs) You mean the
0: house that Tom Brady built?
1: Oh, God. Sorry,
0: you did that. You brought up New England. That was on
1: you. All right, fine. I'll I'll take the blame for that. I apologize. (laughs) Definitely to the LAFC punk. I know how much he hates (laughs) this. but I mean, look, it's a derby. What do we expect? We expect our matches to be fierce. And you said it. For the crap season the current Wooden Spoon leaders have had, they have most certainly spanked us. Bob said in that two – remember that match, Scarf? I don't want to remember I'm not The 2 nothing game at yeah. the bank. Bob said we played terrible, absolutely terrible. And we lost Carlos Vela in that matchup. There's just not good memories. And no doubt we were out for blood when it came to these guys. Now – Currently dwelling in the cellar with a 5-9-3 record, like we were talking about. That's Carson. LAFC, fifth place as a result of this past day's matchup, which would be yesterday. You know, we're coming in 7-7-4. Galaxy, though, have somehow snatched a rare win from the hands of defeat. Who you were talking about, Kai? It's so funny. As I was typing in his last name, for whatever reason... The, uh, the, the Apple computer turned his last name... Kareniak? <laughs> into more oil. <laughs> more oil. How's about that for an autocorrect? I don't even know what that means. He now has as many goals as Chicharito does. <laughs> and it's been quite the poop show, witnessing this fall from the glory days that he had over at Old Trafford with Manchester United to witnessing the shadow of player he is now becoming Carson. To think, to think, LAFC made a push for this guy years ago. And you know what? I will forever be grateful for the fact that Javier, Little Bean, Chicharito Hernandez turned us down. You have done us such a favor. So as much as we can talk trash about you, we certainly appreciate the disrespect that you gave us because this is your karma, my friend. Whether you believe in it or not, we'll go science. We'll talk about physics. Every action causes an equal if not bigger reaction. And your performance is a result of you turning down LAFC.
0: Look, we know that there are a lot of fans of the black and gold that are actually low-key Chicharito fans as well. He is a legend in the Mexican soccer community. He is a legend for what he's accomplished at every other spot other than Carson, but unfortunately, right now, he plays for Carson and he has been to put it nicely, an absolute dumpster fire when he's actually part of the 18, which Philly, let's get to that right now. <laughs> oh, let's yeah. get into the injury report first. Of course, we knew that Mark Anthony K and Andy Nahar would Wait, both Wait, I keep. learned
1: I learned a word in Spanish today, scarf. I'm re- Oh god, I'm Popel. holding Papel. That means paper, right? Yes, Papel. that's what Andy Nahar's made of. Yes. Papel,
0: Andy Papel Nahar. Isn't that isn't that Jack Wilshere's nickname as well? Paper Jack, who Wilshire.
1: actually is talking about coming to Major League Soccer, See? much to the to the to the happiness of my wife of the past. You
0: uh, you totally took my segue there. That's absolutely right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> seamless baby. We've got
0: Paper Andy Nahar and Mark Anthony K, the Canadian glory machine, both on the injury <laughs> list. That's that's the nickname you gave him, Philly, and I'm running with it ever since you did that.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll blame I'll blame a tailgate on Christmas Tree Lane for. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) for that one
0: (laughs) for uh for Carson they've got Danilo Acosta who's out with an ACL injury but let me get into the lineup. Perry here for... Kitchen
1: out with suspensions as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, that's true. That was somewhere... throw everything
1: but the Perry Kitchen sink out that, there. That
0: was somewhere in my notes that we wouldn't have to see Perry Kitchen out there. It's a real bummer that the former U.S. men's national team member Forget Perry that. Kitchen would not be out there. Let's get into Carson's lineup. I believe they have finally given up on David Bingham on the keeper spot. There it is, Jonathan Klinsman. Man, if a team isn't trying to lure Jurgen Klinsman as their coach hard, I don't know what they're trying to do right now. But it's Jonathan Klinsmann in goal. Welcome back to Philly's favorite man bun, the ponytail. Rolf
1: Felcher. state stayed in Venezuela. Oh,
0: my goodness. Daniel Steris, junk. Carlo Gonzalez, who we got to see for a whole 20. 20- Something minutes out there on the pitch today, and in rounds out the defense, Sasha Pornstash Question in the midfield, along with finally getting back their talisman, their most important player, Jonah Dos Santos, as well as Sebastian. Everyone loves boy. Oh, nobody loves
1: boy in LA, Sebastian
0: LeJet. We got Julian Arajo, Johnny Gonzalez, and to me, one of the most talented players in Major League Soccer, Christian Pavone. Let me talk about who's in the 18. Not Chicharito. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it.
1: I mean, I can because intestinal fortitude at this point warrants a, a trip to the disabled list.
0: Look, it's, it blows me away. ABC has this game on as their Game of the Week nationally televised 1230 match. And no, Chicharito. We knew that Carlos Vela would not be starting, and Philly's going to talk about who our lineup has in it to begin in just a second. But look, yeah, sure, I'll talk to you about who's on the bench. There was a guy named Carlos Harvey, which is a mashup of Carlos Vela and Jordan Harvey. He's younger though, and he wears number sixty-seven. There was Ethan Zubak. There was Kai Kreniak. There were a bunch of other guys. But no Chicharito, even in the 18. And yeah, he has a hamstring injury just like Latif Blessing had an illness last week. Let's be honest here. That is not an injury. That is an intestinal fortitude rip if I've ever seen one. No Chicha in the match. Philly, who would the black and gold start in this match?
1: All right, so 4-3-3, no doubts there. Pablo Cisniega starting in goal. Mohamed el making another appearance in the starting lineup, which I will say in that first half, he passed that ball pretty well, and he had a couple of decent attempts. Eddie Segura, we had, we had Murillo, number 94 himself, making an appearance. And Jordan Harvey, the elder statesman. Our midfield consisted of Pancho Janela, Edward Atalesta, and welcome back, Jose Cifuentes, our forwards, Diego Rossi. Brian Rodriguez, welcome back to the both of you. And Danny the Moose. The Moose got loose, kicking more caboose today. But the names that we wanted to focus on were on the bench. And no, I am not talking about Kenneth Vermeer. <laughs> no, I am not talking about Bryce Duke. Aww. No, I am not talking about Latif Blessing, Dejan Jakovic, Mahala, or Cheeky. Welcome back. Or Bradley Wright Phillips. I'm talking about Tristan Blackman. Finally back. Finally. But the return of the king. Carlos Vela, the man himself, makes his presence felt. When we saw the pictures of Carlos training at the Performance Center at Cal State L.A., when I saw that picture that LAFC posted, I could have sworn it was the return of Omar Gaber. That that hair, hair, it looked like Omar Gaber. It was beautiful. Carlos can't cut his hair. When Carlos's hair is long, he does some things. So it's such a good thing to see Vela in there. A lot of people question why he didn't start. Why should he have? It's his first game back. We don't want to conjure up bad memories of the time he got injured. We need to slowly work him back into I mean, the lineup. come on. We have Brian Rodriguez. I mean, we, 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 we do. I just wanted to upset some of the people out there that Scarfie, hate Brian Rodriguez. Oh, Scarfy, <laughs> the man who sung a
0: song about Brian. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yo, on one of these Defenders of the Bank podcasts, it might be during the offseason, we are doing a Defenders of the Bank unplugged episode where I'm going to be playing the guitar, some minor chords and some sevens and some majors, while well, Scarf with that beautiful, melodious, melodic tone of voice, is going to sing Brian's You're welcome. song once more. You're welcome. So let's get into that matchup, my man. And boy, did it work out in our
0: favor. Absolutely. Three minutes in, though, a bad turnover early by LAFC. Yeah. Murillo did not look like he knew what to do with that ball for a minute. But you know what? We were able to play well on the back line. As nervous as I was, Philly, for most of this match, because of our back line play the previous bunch of matches, matches? I don't know what I just said. (laughs) As as much as I was nervous about our play on the back line. Since when
1: did you come from Chicago?
0: (laughs) Philly, as nervous as I was about our play on the back line because of our previous bunch of matches, I thought we looked pretty solid today. That didn't mean I was any less nervous. That didn't mean that you and I both weren't like, oh god, here we go, here we go. Cuticles, brother, cuticles. But honestly, our back line, again, playing pretty well. Mario, looking much better this match than he did last match. And I think it's only going to get better. Our back line, though, also, let's be honest, Philly, we're going to talk about this over the course of the 90 minutes, rarely tested, rarely tested, which was nice. And in the 11th minute, Philly, we thought Diego Rossi was going to widen that golden boot lead just a little bit more, banging one off the crossbar from Sifu on a beautiful cross, And it really seemed like LAFC started to take control of the match from that moment on in the 11th minute.
1: Did you have any doubt that these guys would come back from their international duty without a little bit more pizzazz? I mean, the fact that... All these players: Sifu, Rossi, Raito, and Chiki, They played with some pretty stellar international talent, and it's nice to see them connect. Rossi definitely had a banger. He had Bing, uh, Bingham. He had Klinsman beat. It's so weird to say he had Klinsman beat when talking about a goalkeeper. And funny enough, Clinsman, Klinsman wasn't the keeper. He didn't have the best save of the game. More on that later. But yeah. man, that could have been another exclamation point on the saga that is the golden boot race with Diego Rossi. couple minutes later, long shot from Danny the Moose, saved easily. Danny the Moose. The Moose. Uh, we'll Philly's, talk about that Philly's later. Philly's
0: favorite new player.
1: Danny the Moose, baby. 18-minute Dos Santos. He had a hard tackle on Danny the Moose. And remember, Scarf, what I was saying earlier about physics? Every action causes an equal, if not bigger reaction. I do remember Could that. it be that Danny got that chip on his shoulder by that foul? by Dos Santos, could it be that that would have warranted him putting the shebang bang on Carson? It could. It it, could have. No problem. Let's fast forward. 22nd minute. Raito shot blocked by Insua. 23rd minute. Minute later. This is a fun play. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way we can word it. A penalty and a red card? Wait a minute. A free kick? Wait a minute. What's going on? Nobody (laughs) knows. But it's a red card for Giancarlo Gonzalez which could have been something else. Was it a free kick inside the box? Would we have 11 meters or was it a free kick outside of the box? So MLS referees are employed by a company called Pro, P-R-O. You can follow them on Twitter. You can learn the backgrounds and the bios of Why all of these people. Why did you use air quotes when you said Pro? Well, because <laughs> they're getting paid to do this job. But I definitely say that tongue-in-cheek because some of the maneuvers, some of the lack of calls, some of the – I mean, we could go down several seasons worth of these things, but PRO, P-R-O, is the entity that employs the Major League Soccer refs, and a big faux pas mistake occurred. Reality, what happens is the Galaxy go down to 10 men. Why? Because Gonzalez gets his red card. And then nothing comes of the free kick. Here's the interesting thing: who would, who would you think would take a normal free kick in under normal conditions? Scarf.
0: If we had our full eleven
1: out there, that'd be Carlos. Well, Hull. no, I mean with what we had in the lineup right now, Edward Atuesta or Brian Rodriguez. But Muhammad El-Maneur was tasked on multiple occasions to do this, but nothing came as a result of that free kick. But we do have the man advantage now, and we played with 11 versus 10 for 73 minutes of this match, Scarf.
0: Yeah, the important part is, though, look, for as much grief as we want to give pro referees, they got this one right. Since the foul occurred outside the box, it's not a PK and a yellow but it is a red card, which allowed us, like you just mentioned, to play 11v10 for the majority of the match. I thought that Carson made a couple of smart substitutions, especially here in the 31st minute, as we couldn't really muster anything after that free kick. In the 31st minute, they had Depew coming in for Yoni pew, Gonzalez. Pew. And I really thought that Carson was trying to park the bus early on that one. But what Depew gives you on the back line, he also gives you on set pieces. Remember, when we played them earlier in, what was it, preseason or something? Depew. oh no, you know what it was? Oh my God, it's so funny I think of that as a preseason match. That's... Hilarious. Shout out to our buddy, Dave Denholm. It was in the game that happened. This is how long quarantine has been, guys. <laughs> in the match that happened inside Dave Denholm's head. In that match that we had <laughs> one way called Faux Trafico. <laughs> and that was where Depew scored a goal. It's so funny that I thought that that was real. Shout out to Dave Denholm. That's how good of a job you did. By putting that inside the back of my brain, there's a lot of space back there. Or by we the way. could argue
1: that Rowdy's did a good job putting the alcohol content high on Scarf's <laughs> beer.
0: <laughs> I, I will say I definitely bison that that swings, was, and that's that was all a I will real say. thing. Oh my goodness, Depew scored inside Dave Denholm's head. Anyway, he's like six four, six five though, so he does give you options on set pieces. <laughs> Providing that Carson could generate any, although that would not be the case. Another long shot by Moose in the 35th minute, saved by Klinsman. And I'm not going to lie, Philly, our favorite moment happened here in the 37th minute. John Champion is my spirit animal. I don't even care what you have to say. He was bringing up Zlatan scoring while the Galaxy can't, talking about how a man turning 39 years old has five goals in four matches in Serie A while the Carson literally couldn't muster anything on offense. Philly, with you, I know you've been a longtime Zlatan fan since before he wore the Herbalife sash. What did it mean to you to hear him getting so much praise by John Champion while watching the inept Carson offense?
1: The exact words that John's Champion uttered were, it's as if... Zlatan is taunting the galaxy with all these goals he's scoring <laughs> over at AC Milan. I, I spit out my beer when I heard that comment. But it wasn't just John Champion's scarf. Taylor Twelman was very acidic in his tone about the Carson Galaxy. It was really interesting to hear them talk about this team in, in the way that it did. And even with like five minutes left, Eight minutes left, 10 minutes left. The talk was just so negative, I was afraid that they would jinx us at the end of the day. But it was quite funny that despite everything that's happened, despite the fact that Zlatan's been gone for about a year, they're still talking about him. Why? Because GBS, better known, I'm going to steal this from you, (laughs) known as IBS – just, he's running the same offense through Chicharito that he was through Slatan and it's coming out with poor results.
0: Yeah, Philly, 37th minute, that was all the, the uh, entertainment that we would need for a little while here, especially when we were pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for that first goal in the 41st minute. El Mounir with a great pass for Sifu saved by Klinsman. Look, if they had a bright spot in this match, to me, it was clearly the play of Jonathan Klinsman. And what I yeah. see – in Jonathan Klinsman is what I've started to see with Pablo Cisniega. Personally, I don't believe either goal was Klinsman's fault, and we'll talk about those in just a minute. I thought Klinsman played fine. I thought Pablo Cisniega has played fine, and I think what you see is two teams realizing that maybe you should let the youth go at keeper and just let them play for a little while. Klinsman was fine. I yeah. thought that he was great. Rounding out the first half in the 43rd, it was moose with a header, but it's saved as it goes right to Jonathan Klinsman. Philly, I-, I was really looking forward to what we would see after halftime because you got the feeling like Bob was working on things there on the sidelines so that we went into the halftime break 0-0. You just knew, much like, you know, the great Bill Belichick would make halftime adjustments oh, for the New England Patriots. God, again? That's two what Bob one, Bradley does. Three strikes does. you're out, Scarf. That's, I got two. Don't worry. That's what Bob Bradley does for LAFC. It's not what Sean McVay does for the Rams, by the way, but that's what Bob Bradley does for LAFC. Philly is glaring at me right now from across the table. Pass the salt. Anyways, it's one of those things that I see, though, with Bob Bradley. You give him an opening and let him work on it at halftime, and this is also credit, by the way, to Mike Sorber, to Ante Razov, to all those assistants that are right next to Bob Bradley. I just knew that after we came out at halftime, Philly – We would figure out a way to crack the code that really wasn't that difficult to crack with the Carson Galaxy. Very excited to see what we would see in the second half. But Philly, let's go over the first half stats before we go into the second. Now, LAFC dominated that first half,
1: but we had no goals. Where did we hear that story before? I feel like we've had plenty of matches where we've talked about this. Again, the philosophy is great. You have your attempts, but at the end of the day, it's the result that matters. However, shots... Domination, 12-3 LAFC. Shots on goal. You can't score a goal if you don't have a shot on goal. LAFC 4 to Carson, 0. Possession, dominated that first half. 61% of that match went to the black and gold, whereas Carson, 39%. Here's a stat that shocks me. Passing accuracy. Yes, It didn't look like LAFC was passing the ball that well in the midfield. It did Shockingly not. enough, 87% passing accuracy scar. Yeah, and shocked and, and, it that and Galaxy had 70 although that deteriorated as the match progressed. Chances created, one LAFC to Carson, zero corners, not many, three between the two clubs, two for LAFC, one for Carson, five fouls, LAFC, four to Carson. Those are your stats, Scarf. There Again, was that 87% one, passing accuracy kind of blew
0: my mind. There was that one stat that you didn't mention, but we talked about it earlier in the podcast, the red cards, number <laughs> of red cards. That would be one to nothing for Carson and You know, Taylor (laughs) Twelman talked about it a whole bunch in the match. John Champion talked about it a whole bunch. It it changed the entire course of the match for Carson. Whatever they were going to try to do that wasn't going to work anyway, definitely wasn't going to work with just 10 men out there with Giancarlo Gonzalez being sent off. Let's get into the second half, though. In the 50th minute, Atuesta misses wide on a free kick. Really not a lot through the first five, seven minutes. But in the 52nd minute, Carson... Offside on their first real chance in a while. I felt like they were really bunkering and didn't have a lot of counter opportunities. This was a good one, but Carson was offside just a minute later. Philly, I think the play of the match, I don't care. It had nothing to do with an LAFC goal, it had nothing to do with anything done by the black and gold. In the 53rd minute, Philly, a play that really could have been our weight. What? what moment, but it won't be because we've got something much, much, much better, and we're going to use a sound effect brought to you by Disney, thank you very much, later on in the podcast, but in what I think was the absolute play of the match, it has to go to Sasha question off of the header by Jose C. Fuentes, it really should have been one nothing, but the porn stash coming in handy for Carson. Get
1: that mustache jersey.
0: What an incredible save. I mean, we saw it from Jordan Harvey, what, just a couple of matches ago. Turnabout is fair play. Sasha Kleschen, the save of the match, and you mentioned it, Philly. You said the save of the match would not be made by Jonathan Klinsman nor Pablo Cisniega. It was Sasha Kleschen. Without a
1: doubt, Klinsman, though. Klinsman made some, uh, some plays today. It's so weird hearing that name and thinking goalkeeper. Now, the actual... I'm not going to say the actual, because Klinsman is a real Klinsman after all. <laughs> Jürgen <laughs> manages Hertha Berlin. Do you think at this point, IBS... <coughs> I mean, GBS, that, that was... I got to give that to the scarf. I didn't Thank come you. up with IBS or GBS, but GBS certainly has IBS managing the Galaxy. Could it be, despite all the... Plotting and prodding by Jurgen. Do you think he's going to find his way back to L.A.? Because he lives in Southern California. Yep. His family's in California. I'm sure being up in cold freaking butt Berlin. I've been to Berlin. It's cold up there right now. I like Berlin. Berlin's an actual <laughs> beautiful city. You do live
0: in Germany for quite some time.
1: Well, without a doubt. And as I lived in Frankfurt. And as much as I love Germany, I'd still rather live in L.A. than, uh, than live. Or let's be more city specific. L.A. than Berlin. Do you think? Jürgen could be the replacement or do you think Robbie Keane might be able to replace IBS?
0: All right. So this is not as you have reminded me a couple of times this is not a Galaxy podcast. I know, but
1: it's something worth conversing but about cuz it's fun. But that being said,
0: I am 100% positive that I think Jürgen Klinsmann would rather coach this team than Robbie Keane. Look, we got to see on the broadcast there. They showed the Galaxy front office several times on the broadcast. <laughs> And, and I felt bad because this is a team that has a history of either greatness or bending the rules for greatness. And neither of those things have happened this season for Carson. It's rough, right? But the one thing that you and I can clearly tell on the broadcast Guillermo Scalotto does not want to be there, and what I thought was pretty awful is I think what John Champion and Taylor Twelman spent the last four or five minutes of the broadcast just throwing GBS under the bus, asking, you know, if this were any other league, you would see shots of the media waiting outside his house ready to interview him, but things are different here in Major League Soccer. Here, here's the thing, guys. I don't think they're going to fire Guillermo Scalotto before the end of the season because... What are they going to get out of it? Are they going to get some boost for the last three or four matches of the They're season? They're not
1: completely They're disqualified not complete. from the playoffs, That's though. the crazy
0: part. You're absolutely right. We'll talk about that more when we get to the table. Let's, let's get back to the But I do want to wanna say this.
1: The one thing that the Galaxy are bending is the knee. Bending the knee to LAFC, and that's because we put the shebang bang on them. Yeah, isn't it funny that the front office seemed to have some type of spacing in between themselves? Dennis Titoosa kept finding himself further and further away from his One fellow One chair, execs.
0: two chairs, three, three chairs, chairs,
1: four chairs. Do you think it's because they were truly trying to adhere to social distancing guidelines set forth by Bank of California Stadium? I think not. I think that Dennis Teclosa and the front office are slowly separating themselves, as is Guillermo Barra from the wishes and the desires of the front office.
0: Look, not Robbie Keane, but probably Jurgen Klinsmann. Not Dennis Teclosa, but maybe Robbie Keane comes in as GM? I don't know. That could be kind of fun. Let's shake up the whole thing over there, at Carson. What's crazy, though, Philly, they're only six points out of a playoff spot. Like, they're not eliminated from anything yet, and they have played, like, dog meat so far. Anyway, let's get back to the match here. 54th minute, Edward Atuesta bangs one off the post on a rebound. Oof. Another chance for LAFC. Really, it should be 2-0 LAFC going into the 58th minute. But, Philly, that's when your boy once again scores – for LAFC off a great feed from Diego Rossi, it sort of, kind of, almost looked like that ball might have been out of bounds. But again, they let the play go. They played all the way through. And go ahead, Philly. What do you like to say every time Danny Masovsky
1: scores? Before I say that, we, there was a question. We didn't know whether or not we can cheer, okay? The ball looked like it was out. Somehow play resumed. And because the angle wasn't 100% conclusive, now I get to say it. The Moose got loose by kicking Carson in the caboose. Damn, I love saying that. The Moose got loose, <laughs> kicking Carson in the caboose. Danny Musowski, another goal scarf, another goal. And if you would have played this gambling game where you would have been like, okay, Danny musowski's going to be the third leading scorer on LAFC this season. Everybody would have been like, what? What? I he signed I him in December of 2019. He's our third leading scorer, Scarf.
0: Our who, third. I didn't know who Danny Musovsky was before this season even started. I know he played at Reno 911 FC before <laughs> LAFC this season. But what does that tell you? In the land of Hollywood, dreams really do come true. Danny Musovski with another goal for LAFC there in the 58th minute. We go up one nothing, and then just after that, a few minutes later, we get to see Cheeky Palacios back in for a while. And the quote unquote illness from Latif Blessing has all of a sudden found itself better. He comes in. So Cheeky and Latif in, Jordan Harvey, Pancho Ginella out, and Latif just a couple minutes later just misses oh. wide on a long shot. Good looking shot there by Latif. Again. We're talking about four or five solid chances on net where if one or two more of those go our way, we're up two nothing, three, nothing, four nothing. And a guy who confused you quite a bit by even being on the roster for Carson, Carlos Harvey checking in for Jonah dos Santos.
1: Yeah, I really thought it was some kind of a mistake. I, I have to admit, I need to brush up on my Los dos players. I had no freaking clue who Carlos Harvey was, much like I didn't know. That there was another scarf. I'm going to give this to you. You like to make fun of me on this. What Seattle Sounder didn't I know existed?
0: Yeah, he had no idea that Alex Roldan was not Christian Roldan. He Thank only you. pays attention, I believe, to Sounders players with the first name Christian.
1: That's fair, because it's a good, strong name. But, <laughs> but, but the news, the news that we were excited about when we saw the camera pan over. Wait! Before you mention that, because it happened in the
0: 70th minute. Waiting. I know where you're going, waiting. sir. Waiting. Waiting. We almost had a giggity goal.
1: Diego Rossi missing just wide. I'm sorry, what minute would that giggity goal might have occurred That would have in?
0: been in the 69th minute. Ah, Gary so Gold's number. We almost had a giggity goal there in the 69th minute by Diego Rossi. But that being said, Philly, 70th minute. Insert, probably illegal that we use it, but we're going to use it anyway. Disney sound here. The king has returned.
1: Carlos Vela sporting that amazing Hair. <laughs> comes into the game for Brian Rodriguez and Bradley Wright Phillips coming in for the moose. <laughs> this, see, in earlier matches when we would have, and God bless them, I, I mean, look, Christian Torres had a goal the last game. Freaking phenomenal. Bryce Duke doing his thing, but I can't say we would get that jolt of excitement and adrenaline within our, our LA, our black and gold faithful to see Carlos Vela <laughs> and Bradley Wright Phillips. Coming in off the bench into the lineup, I looked over at you and I said, "There's going to be another goal scored." I made the faux pas by saying there would be this game would end three uh, nothing because I would really think that Carlos would have a goal and Bradley Wright Phillips would have a goal as well. It got close to that being the case. More on that later, but just to see the just to see Carlos back after having that grade two MCL injury that that had to have given a bit of confidence and a shot of adrenaline in our fan base and in our lineup scarf look philly while we were sitting
0: out here at rowdy's everybody on the patio wearing black and gold they clapped they cheered there Rowdy was a, there was that excitement In the air, even here in beautiful Rancho Cucamonga, California. Can I ask you
1: a question real quick, Scarf? Go right ahead. Is there a place anywhere in the world that you don't consider beautiful? Because everywhere is beautiful. There's beautiful Burbank. There's beautiful Longdale. There's beautiful Culver City. There's beautiful Portland. There's beautiful wherever else we've recorded. I'm just poking. Yeah.
0: Carson. Anyways,
1: oh uh, that's true. He's that, never said that. I have never said We also that's have never do a podcast. We've with
0: never him. recorded a match in Carson. So we'll why see the hell would we? Because maybe after a match or something we, we get to get
1: invited to go there. What about
0: Phantom Carriage? That would be a fun place to record a match. We that, enjoy Phantom Carriage. Without
1: a doubt. They've got some really good beer Phantom Carriage. Yeah, Phantom, that is probably one of the few reasons to visit Carson.
0: Absolutely. Listen. Carlos Vela The King, last year's MVP, Bradley Wright Phillips, the sixth leading scorer in Major League Soccer history. I just find it kind of funny that on a podcast episode where I highlighted the 22 under 22 and the youth movement that LAFC has out there on the pitch, that at the same time... 45 under 45. we, (laughs) We sub in Bradley Wright Phillips and Carlos Vela... For Brian Rodriguez, 21 years old that he is, or 20 years old, and Danny Musowski, who's in his early 20s, look, clearly it was the right move. I just thought it was kind of funny. In the 75th minute, you and I got a little nervous as DePew gets a yellow card for a tackle there on Carlos Vela. But if you watch the replay on the tackle, Carlos put his body into Depew to earn that yellow. That was pretty smart. And another welcome back. We had a lot of those in this match, and it is so much fun to see the boys getting healthy and getting back on the pitch. Tristan Blackman in for Jose Cifuentes. But again, with Sifu coming out, Tristan going to the back line. Okay, it was a little bit of nervous time. I'm not going to lie. What you have right now, Is a back line that consisted of in the middle at center back Tristan Blackman and Jesus David Murillo. No Eddie Segura because Segura wound up moving up and playing a little bit of midfield as well again. Bob really trusts his players, man, and that must be such a cool thing to be wearing the black and gold and to know how much that Bob trusts you. Elmanir misses there in the 79th minute on a solid attempt. And, and as he's taking that shot, John Champion shared a stat with us, and this blew my mind. Philly, in LAFC's last 30 matches prior to this one, LAFC had just two clean sheets. Yep. Just two in 30 matches. And I love that John Champion brought up the fact that Toronto FC has had 11 in their last 30 and Seattle has had nine in their last 30. And they asked him why. Taylor Twelman did the whole, oh, well, why would you bring that up, John? Because he's a good sidekick to John Champion. It's because those are the two teams that have played for MLS Cup the last two seasons, three seasons. I don't even know how many seasons. They play each other seeming every year for MLS Cup. It's really interesting to think that we have had two clean sheets in the same amount of time that Seattle has had nine and that Toronto has had 11. But that being said, I want to say it one more time. The play that we have seen from Pablo Cisniega has earned my trust, earned your trust, Philly. Not that he cares about either of those two things. But he's also, I believe, earning the trust of the black and gold faithful, especially all of those out there that love to populate the LAFC fans' Facebook page and say how much better Pablo Cisniega is than Kenneth Vermeer. Guess what? You were right. You were right. It seems like Pablo has been the best move for this season all along, and I can't wait to see what Pablo's able to do as he is able to lengthen his career and make his mark with the black and gold.
1: Without a doubt, and I, I'm not trying to, because you love to bring up your New England Patriots, I'm going to have to bring up my Hold New on, York... that's the third time, but you did it. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm going to bring up my New York Jetropolitans really quickly, <laughs> and when it comes down to the, the the goalkeeper controversy, we saw plenty of that earlier in the season with Kenneth Vermeer and Pablo Cisniega, and it's not anything that, that was healthy, probably for either player. Player. And the only reason I'm bringing up the Jetropolitans, despite the fact that neither of these players were that good, I remember when the Jets brought in Tim Tebow, for whatever reason they did to obviously challenge Mark Sanchez for that quarterback spot. That controversy did nothing positive for the Jets. I mean, the Jets can't do anything positive for the Jets because they're owing freaking 7 And I'm not saying that because I'm bitter or anything. I'd rather them just, just, just lose every freaking game. But you're but also it, bitter. But I'm also bitter. But when you have that kind of a controversy... It doesn't help either keeper's confidence. It doesn't help anybody's. It's a good thing. For Pablo, Kenneth, doing what he did in those previous matches was probably the best thing that happened for Pablo because in the past several weeks, I have not heard that much about who the starting keeper should be, nor do I care to hear about who the starting keeper should be. You said it. It's Pablo's job point blank. That's it. We ride with Pablo until we find somebody better or until his contract runs out or trade him. Pablo is our keeper, and I was really happy, despite the fact that he didn't really get tested today. He had a couple of moments where he caught the ball in traffic that could have been heart attack style moments. But Pablo is our goalie, and that should be the case going forward.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate you genuflecting when you said the words Tim Tebow. That was nice of you. In the 81st (laughs) minute, a great tussle by Julian Araujo and Diego Rossi, one by Araujo, just two players really playing hard. But what I loved about that tussle more than anything else is I feel like over the last two seasons, Diego Rossi would have gone flying as a member of the Uruguayan diving team there, but he stayed on Julian Araujo that whole play. And I think that really, in that moment there, really captures what has changed about Diego Rossi and why he is not just a golden boot front runner, but a guy who's sort of kind of in the MVP conversation in Major League Soccer as well. I firmly think it's going to go to uh, Alejandro Pazuelo or or one of those guys on Columbus. His goal assist
1: ratio is really solid.
0: I mean, we'll see. He's really, really, really good. You've also got guys in Philadelphia doing a whole bunch of cool stuff. But Diego Rossi has to be mentioned in the MVP conversation. No goal for Bradley Wright Phillips as he was called offside by a shoulder or so. Somehow there was Ugh. clear evidence to call that one offside instead of calling the ball out of bounds on our goal. Don't care, whatever. It's still one nothing LAFC. And in the 85th minute, I got to say, Philly, a little bit of nervous time as Carson made a couple of subs. It was Kai Kareniet coming in for Sebastian you Legette. You more oil. More oil, according to your autocorrect. That's right. Kareniak is the one who scored the late goal to really save Carson's season last match against Vancouver and Joe Coronavirus coming in for Julian Arajo. <laughs> I thought I he had an ankle
1: injury. I don't
0: know why you, he did, but he was only questionable for the match. He's ready to go. I don't know why you'd bring in anybody named Corona in a match like this. In the 90th, a nice job by Pablo to come out and grab the free kick. It's really the first time that I had thought about him all match. Philly, five minutes of stoppage time. And in the second minute of stoppage, we had the first real shot by Carlos Vela blocked easily. In the third minute, you mentioned it, Pablo Cisniega wrapping up a header by Carson, no real threat. Again, I liked Pablo's aggressiveness coming out when he needed to there were a couple of free kicks and corners in the box that i thought he was aggressive on but philly again let's play that sound effect just one more time because bradley wright phillips to carlos vela and just in case you forgot the king has returned that's right the king has returned to nothing lafc but philly It's not a left-foot shoey that you have to do today. It's a right-foot shoey. The goal by the right foot of Carlos Vela instead of the left foot of God, and he's back. Carlos Vela with the goal,
1: LAFC 2-0. So you think maybe because he hurt his MCL on the left side that maybe he trained that right foot to be just as deadly as the left? I don't know. But to hear that Carlos Vela scored with his right foot, Pretty darn cool. I, I'm, I'm so happy that, that he managed to score. I mean, Carlos has played what? Three, four matches this season? Yes. He's got a couple of goals. I mean, that's pretty darn cool. Still more than Chicharito. I, <laughs> I, I, I just had to throw that look, in there. Just, just yeah, in case. Yeah, <laughs> the little stab to the gut. Just in
0: case you forgot, that is the reigning 2019 Landon Donovan Major League Soccer most valuable player that we have there. And look. Did Carlos look explosive in this match? Absolutely not. Did Carlos look even that good in this match? Absolutely not. But was Carlos able to be as good once as he ever was? Absolutely. Oh,
1: I hashtag mean, hope Toby Keith.
0: What an incredible goal by Carlos Vela. Look, I'm not going to lie. If you listen to our one more sleep. Somebody called the goal by Carlos Vela. But in my opinion, calling a goal by Carlos Vela is shooting fish in a very small barrel, my friend. That's awesome. Carlos Vela with the goal. A couple more chances for LAFC. But really, that wraps it up for the black and gold. We return the shutout favor the first shutout for LAFC in the LA Derby in the battle for Los Angeles LAFC winning two nothing putting even more distance not just in the table standings between Carson and LAFC but in the actual battle for Los Angeles in a game that Carson absolutely had to have a result it is a resounding defeat for the sashes of Herbalife, and a huge win for the black and gold at the Cathedral of Los Angeles Football, Bank of California Stadium, 2 nothing LAFC and Philly. You mentioned it. We came in fifth in the table. We move up to fourth on 28 points. And, again, what's so important with that is that we get to host a home playoff match if we are in the top four. And, Philly, Carson – Staying right where they are at the bottom of the table in the West, 18 points through 18 matches. You gave us some sweet math earlier, talking about 50% about something that I forgot what you talked about.
1: (laughs) 60% of the time, you remember all the things I say all of the time?
0: Absolutely. That is one point for every match that Carson has played on the season. And I just want to point out something else. By the way, LAFC still leading Major League Soccer, not just the best in the West, but the best in the MLS. Oh,
1: it's been so long. 42,
0: a Jackie Robinson goal number, 42 goals scored by LAFC. But how about this? The second worst goal differential (laughs) since 96 for Carson at minus 14 on the year. For the sashes of Herbalife Philly,
1: a huge three points for LAFC. I want to see a picture of Carlos Vela with Cosmo on his lap and Carlos Vela holding a wooden spoon. A wooden spoon because that's going to be the dubious award that the Galaxy are potentially tied to winning. If Galaxy gets the wooden spoon, I want to see Cosmo about to get beaten with that wooden spoon because that's the story of of their season. And I will say it's the story of the front office's arrogance as well. They're in the situation that they're in because they feel that they do things better and because they can bend the rules, they can get away with certain things. Physics. It's the third time I'm mentioning this. Every action causes an equal if not bigger reaction. This is a beautiful thing. If Carson can end up with the wooden spoon and we're in the playoffs... Hey, I would consider that a success in that in, in my own right. What, what do you think?
0: Look, my favorite part is I'm pretty sure you've only mentioned physics twice on the podcast, but that being said, nah. we are going to need a little bit of help from Colorado here, guys. First of Stephen all, We're going to need you guys to stop getting COVID because you are just one point ahead of Carson in the table. Number two, we're going to need a little bit of help from Steven Betashore and that back line from Colorado because huh, it is close in the standings between these two teams. I want Carson to win this wooden spoon like nobody's business, but unfortunately, we need a little bit of help. So again, Stephen Betashore, the rest of Colorado Rapids, Cole Bassett, that 19-year-old kid who also made the top 22 under 22, We need some help from you while please keeping Carson in last place. It's just one more reason that you can tell that MLS has passed Carson by. We talked about it no longer being a retirement home for greats of football past. That's what we are seeing right now. That's what we are seeing right now for Javier Chicharito Hernandez. He is trying to retire in a league that is passing him by so again i hope 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 that colorado can do everything that they can to please keep carson at the bottom of the standings just in case you need a quick refresher it's 22 points for real salt lake 21 points
1: really salty lake
0: there you go 21 points for the houston highlighters the dynamo 19 points for the Rapids, although they've only played 14 matches. Dear God. It's insane, man. And 18 points in 18 matches, the lowest points per game in the Western Conference. I mean, they're approaching FC Cincinnati and D.C. United territory right now. A great win for LAFC. And again, on to our last three matches, Philly. Can we transition smoothly into a little
1: scheduling with the scarf right
0: after we get into the final stats of the match?
1: And the final stats were quite riveting. It definitely expressed our dominance on the match. A whopping 27 shots by LAFC to Carson's 5. A whopping 8 shots on target to Carson's 1. Possession? Wow, 64% to LAFC to Carson's 36. Passing accuracy, we did not change from that first half. We still remained at 87%. Carson, on the other hand, went lower at 66%. Chances created, LAFC 3 to Carson 0. Corners, a couple more by us, 5 to their 3. Fouls, 10 to 11, they took us that way. Offsides, Carson, 3 to 1, took us that way. Yellow cards, thank you Giancarlo Gonzalez, 1 to nothing, Red cards. Depew, thank you. Yellow card. Red card. Thank you. Giancarlo Gonzalez. Boom. LAFC absolutely dominates that match. in a match that it could have gone either way. It really could have in a lot of circumstances. But LAFC, clearly the dominating factor, not only in the stat line, but on the scoring sheet where it actually matters.
0: You're absolutely right, Philly. Look, the bottom line is this, as we get into a little bit of scheduling with the scarf. Three matches remain. And in my opinion, we must, must, take six points from our next two matches with sporting kansas city moving to the top of the table on 33 points seattle now on 32 along with portland with 32 we are in fourth at 28 points minnesota right behind us at 27 but who are our next two matches against How about the Houston Dynamo and the San Jose Earthquakes? Two teams well below us in the table and two teams that we should, should absolutely handle here in these final couple of matches. We have Houston just three days from today, Wednesday, October 28th, 7.30 p.m. at Bank of California Stadium. There is no way... We should allow Christian Ramirez and his human highlighter of Houston clad friends to come up with any points at Bank of California Stadium. And then we get to travel up to beautiful, quote unquote, there you go. There's a place I don't think is that beautiful. I would love to hear
1: what place you don't think is beautiful. The the cow
0: pasture that is San Jose, California, Sunday, November 1st on YouTube TV and Astrea TV. We need to take all six points whether it's Chris Wondolowski, whether it's Cade Cowell, whether Matias Almeida decides to suit up and play for them, it doesn't matter. We need to take three points from Houston and three points from San Jose before our final match, November 8th, decision day against Portland.
1: If Matias Almeida suited up for San Jose and if Guillermo Barro suited up for the Galaxy... i take GBS. Would either of them help improve the team with where they currently are?
0: If... GBS played for Carson only if he plays like in the midfield, I think. Matias Almeida could definitely give them 10 or 15 minutes as a frontline player or as a forward because he coaches with his hair on fire no matter what, so I'm pretty sure he could give them 10 or 15 minutes, but then he's either going to need a sub or an oxygen tank after the match. Philly, I am so excited with where LAFC sits right now. Hell it looks yeah. like we are firmly within a playoff spot, let alone – a home playoff match. And you know what? If they're not careful sporting Kansas City, Seattle, and Portland,
1: they could find room in the top three for the black and gold. Without a doubt, we're, we're starting to fire on all cylinders. We're starting to get hot at the right time, at the time where things matter. Our players are back. However, the one thing we haven't talked about, Scarf, and I just want to mention it really quickly. I know at this point we've we've gone over an hour. Damn it. And and, and it's a congratulatory thing, but at the same time, it's an anxiety-ridden thing. And what I'm basically going to be talking about is the international duty that is about to happen, the international performances that are about to happen. Now, (laughs) we just heard that Diego Rossi and Brian Rodriguez are welcomed back into action with Uruguay. Now, Uruguay will be playing against Colombia on November the 13th, okay? Colombia. And then we've got Brazil, not us. But then Uruguay also has Brazil on the 17th. Now, I know the season ends November 12th. I know the MLS Cup match is on December the 12th. I don't know what the hell's happening in between. And that's the thing that scares me the most. This is a preliminary roster, okay? We know that Rossi was included, excluded, and then included again as a result of an injury. We know that more than likely, Raito is probably going to feature with Uruguay. But this is going to be the X factor in our run to this MLS Cup title. Because if we lose Rossi and Raito, if Chiqui and Sifu end up going away with Ecuador... That's going to cause a big problem. Philly, what about Colombia? You think there's
0: any shot that maybe Eddie Segura, maybe Jesus David Maria, or even Edward Atuesta get pulled into the Colombian
1: roster? In, in a crazy COVID year, we'd lose all of them. And here's my problem with it. it's it's yeah, It'd be such a disaster to have this occur, where these kids clearly want to represent their international country, their place of origin. Now... How would people look at it in that case? All right? As a player, I would be torn. Okay? The team needs you, but your dream is to represent your country. All right. But would your teammates secretly resent you? Would the coaching staff secretly resent you? I don't know, but therein lies the problem. Therein lies the, the problem that Major League Soccer needs to fix. If LAFC happened to lose Rossi and Raito, and then Chiki and Sifu, and then God forbid... Atuestan Segura. That's BS. And that's not fair. You're taking a club that's finally in a position to do something and absolutely handicapping them. Why? Because you feel the need to continue to progress on when the rest of the freaking world decides to take a hiatus. That is my big fear because I have no clue how this is going to unfold. Nobody does. Okay? Nobody really knows what the story is going to be. I would not fault these guys for going away on international duty because it helps their stock. It helps their career. But it hurts us in the playoffs because they're going to have to quarantine again Uruguay's playing on the 13th of November against Colombia and a few days later on the 17th against Brazil. At some point, that's right around the corner from the opening matches of the playoffs. And if these players go, we're going to lose them for that opening match. And where is that going to put us in the grand scheme of things? That is my problem. We are starting to fire on all cylinders, but we have the potential to be handicapped going into this international break, and that absolutely pisses me off. Okay, so real quick,
0: we did forget our weight What What? moment of the podcast, which was the goal by Carlos Vela. Someone's got to remember it here on the podcast, so I tried to bring it back. But we did just get a very impromptu rants with Philly. And I don't know about you guys, but it's been several episodes since we've had a bona fide rants with Philly. I am so glad that that is back. And I can't (laughs) think of a better way to end this episode. Philly, all I will say is I wholeheartedly agree with you. The only thing that gives us a little bit of solace is the last match that those guys would play is still about eight days before MLS Cup. So maybe there's a possibility that we could squeak them in there. I don't know how it's going to work between quarantining and everything else but I wholeheartedly agree with you it would be awful to lose especially Diego Rossi and Brian Rodriguez who have been the heart of our offense remember Brian Rodriguez in the top six or seven in assists in major league soccer god that just rankled so many of our listeners feathers right now and Diego Rossi trying to get that golden boot your head of
1: Jazzy Zardes you are
0: absolutely right and I can't think of a better nugget to leave inside our defenders' listeners' minds than that. Let's see what happens. We need to get six points out of our next two matches and then put your helmet on. It's time to go to battle on Decision Day against Portland at their last match of the season This has been episode 126 of Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth, covering the only football team in Los Angeles as we trounce Carson yet again to nothing. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes.
1: Bye-bye. The king has returned.